The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome everybody to the KyraCast. This is episode number 33, recorded on December 30th, 2019. With me is my good friend, Michael Diaz. My name is Joe Becker. Michael, how are you? I am excellent on this last podcast of ours for 2019. It is the last one of the year. This is, um, it's been a heck of a year. We're going to, the nice thing about this podcast is we're going to kind of go over our top five, each have a different one of kind of what's happened over the year. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about the last two chapters of The Mandalorian. Um, we've had the, the Rise of Skywalker that kind of came in between those. We haven't really had time to talk about The Mandalorian. And um, it's probably something we should have, uh, especially knowing how Michael feels about the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I don't hate it. No, I know you don't. I know you don't. I do have one quick thing to say about the rise of Skywalker. And of course you I, do. Well, no, actually it's not about that movie at all. It's, it's, it's amazing how people out of the woodwork are, are um, coming to Ryan Johnson's aid and saying how, you know, he got so dissed at this and, and I just don't see that. And I don't, you know, where were these people when they when people were destroying the Last Jedi? I didn't destroy it. There was things I didn't like, and there was things I liked, as we've talked about ad nauseum throughout this whole year. But it's amazing to me how much he's getting. You know, oh, it was so much better. No, it was not that much better. <laughs> it just wasn't. There's problems with all of them. There's problems with every Star Wars movie we can get into, except for A New Hope, in my opinion. But, anyways, it's just it's astonishing how the internet, uh, how oh, how the time has passed, and now he's getting all these accolades from people that wouldn't step up before and i don't know it's funny to me i i don't know i'd say over these last two years there were definitely his vocal uh defenders i mean with the last one with you know the last jedi um yeah the critics you know went one way and the fan base went the other but i think i think in both cases in both the last jedi and the rise of skywalker i think um there has been a very vocal fan base Mm-hmm. Um, very loud, but I don't know if statistically that pans out. I'm thinking, I mean, both of those movies, whether, whether you loved them or hated them, you have to agree that this, the great schism came with the last Jedi that really showed Correct. how things are fractured. I don't think rise of Skywalker helped. I, I think it's just as divided. I don't think it hurt either. I think that The Last Jedi was the most divisive Star Wars film ever made. And if if now if Ryan Johnson didn't make what he made, it probably there probably wouldn't have been as much argument over the rise of Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like it's because of what Ryan Johnson did that kind of turned everything on its head, you know? Star Wars was never really a mystery saga. Um, you know, uh, I guess you can blame a little bit on JJ too for about Ray, but at the end of the day, it was more about the Flash Gordon type thing and and that. And, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with where Ryan went. And anyways, I just find it funny that you know the people people have really taken sides, and it's um, to me it's all Star Wars. There's good and bad in all of them, and I can I can roll with it, I guess. So the best thing though, really, without I don't think there's much argument between the fan base this year or in the last five years, um, the best thing for star Wars has been the Mandalorian. I would agree. Um, I, I was looking online, uh, before we did this episode, I was, you know, when I was, t- when we were talking about the rise of Skywalker and the last Jedi, I was looking at the disparities between the critics and the fans. And there are huge disparities, you know, as we said, the, the critics for the most part loved the last Jedi gave it like in the 90% where obviously the audience did not. And then basically that flip flopped as far right. as the rise of Skywalker went, but Mandalorian, yeah. I think the divide between critics and fans was 1%. I think it's like 94% right. one, right. 93% the other. 
Right. And to be fair, you know, the critics, which I don't really, I honestly don't give a shit what critics say. I really, really don't. Um, Nine times out of 10, they don't critique things in the genre. They just pick, you know, they, they use the same criteria for everything they watch. And that's not how you should critique. And, you know, they, they like the last Jedi because they did some different things. Not that it was a good story. Nobody, I haven't read one review saying that the story was great. It was all about like how I, he went this way instead of that way. And that really like, no, that doesn't make a good film either. So anyways, but the Mandalorian, I think has brought people together. And I'll tell you what, these last two episodes, chapter seven and chapter eight really brought that first season to uh, an amazing end. I mean, um, starting with chapter seven in the reckoning um, directed by Deborah Chow, who has proven without a doubt, she knows what the hell she's doing, and I cannot wait to see what she does with uh, the Obi Wan series, and she's going to direct all of them. I'm excited for that as well. And you're right; um, the Mandalorian seems to be the great unifier when it comes to Star Wars, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that you know it's not as tied to continuity; mm-hmm. it's not as tied to the saga. We don't have to worry about the Skywalkers or the mm-hmm. Empire as much. Yes, the Empire is here, or the I should say the empirical, empirical remnant, whatever they want to call it. It's right. here, but there are so many factions. It's just another faction at that point, a very powerful faction still, but it's, there's so much, there's so much more to explore. We know we're, we're, we're getting the underbelly of the, uh, you know, the, um, of, of the bounty hunters and the guild and the Mandalorians. There's just so much going on here. It's just so rich. And that's really what I've wanted from Star Wars for a long time. Right. So I'm going to say this before we get too far into the reviews. These are spoilers. We haven't watched them. Um, we probably should have by now. Uh, second, we got to give some credit where credit is due, Michael. You know who the executive producer is? Uh, I know who it is, but I'm not giving her any credit. You got it. You can't, you can't diss somebody and then not give them credit when something's good. So Kathleen Kennedy did a great job of picking the people needed to make the series. She yeah, let it go. She goes right twice a day. Huh? Yeah, it is. And she was right on this one. So, and right on Rogue One. Well. So, come on. I mean, you, you got to give credit. They're still overseeing that stuff. So, I'm not going to. It's, it's, it's the open secret that Tony Gilroy came in and saved that in editing and reshoot. Re- but who re- made that shoots. choices? She probably, I mean, she was part of that decision. She's part of all those decisions. So I'm going to give credit where where it's due and pick on it when it's not, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. A quarterback wins games, a quarterback loses games. You know, they, they are paid to take the brunt and they're paid to when they win. So. Well, then luckily Feige's warming up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So the reckoning. This was a, uh, we've kind of seen it coming throughout the season. You know, he was meeting and I, and I said this a few uh, podcasts ago when we were talking about the Mandalorian, I felt like they were setting up, like he was going to meet people in various areas and they were going to come together. And this you is what that it. episode was. Yeah. Oh. This is what that episode was. And it was a great one. I did not expect IG 88 in that way. That was IG 11. I mean, see, there you go. IG 11. But it, I'll tell you what I was happiest. My favorite character throughout this season um, is Quill. I mean, he was just my favorite. I don't know what it is about him. Uh, maybe it was the Nick Nolte voice that helped a lot, but uh, I just dug his character. I felt that he was this grizzled dude that put his time in, but still willing to help. And that was just awesome, you know? I agree. Quill was fantastic. And like, like you said, this was kind of like the, uh, I mean, you called it, you said early on that the reason they were meeting all these people was going to lead to something. And, and you're right. Um, there were times I thought the season got a little slow, and like I said, I've liked every episode, but I, I didn't. I wouldn't say that every episode was an A or an A minus. But no, of course, right? But you were right; they were setting things up, and I give them the credit because they 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 put these people in the right places, and then of course, episode seven is where they come through, and he collects the pieces that have been laid out for us to you know to see. So yeah, we get Quill. We get Cara Dune back. We all in IG Eleven, who I honestly have to admit I did not expect that we would see again. I didn't but, either. If cool. we, not and certainly not in that capacity. No. No, and I, I gotta say, um, Cara Dune's character has gotten better as these in these two episodes. Yeah, I, like I think I think 
Now it's it's a very very low bar, but it is the best act, acting I've seen Gina Carano ever do. Yeah, I mean, you know, she fits the role. They they've cast her well because you know when she's fighting someone, it does. I mean, there's no questioning that she can kick ass, right? I mean, that's oh, basically yeah. oh, they, they wrote they wrote the right role for her, you know, as a, yes. you know, um, and what she does in in the thing, and you know, in this in in the reckoning when they're you know, everybody knows that Grief Karga is playing him, right? And he knows he's being played, which is why he gets this backup help with him. And um, I still, you know, clearly this was a big episode because in Chapter 7, The Reckoning, Grief Karga gets injured enough to, it is could be fatal. And we saw for the first time in Force history, Baby Yoda heal Yes, they've alluded to it. Like mm-hmm. you kept thinking it was going to come, especially when episode two with with the yeah. mudhorn. Yeah, we thought it was coming, but they, I love the little breadcrumbs they've left. They've they've left the hints that this was going to be, be a power, a new force power that we hadn't seen yet. And then this this yeah. is all Filoni. That is a Dave Filoni print. I'm telling you, if you watch and that's, and that's fine. Wars and Rebels, yeah, it it was good. It was good, but now. What were the creatures that attacked him? I I thought they were like little dragon type things. Obviously, they would have some kind of Star Wars name, but I was looking online. And someone was saying they were Minox. Uh, yeah, it says Minox. Uh, they don't look like Minox, but well, I, we didn't see him up close. But I've never we never saw a Minox in Empire. We just saw a couple of wings here and there, and a suction we saw thing, their, right? their suction face, kind of like a lamprey. So I right. guess these were Minox. Yeah, maybe there's different vari- variations. Could be. You know, no, that, um, seeing the baby Yoda do the heel thing that was pretty awesome, and it was cool because it it played into Grief Karga's whole well whole demeanor and and changed how the story would have went because he mm-hmm. was going to betray the Mandalorian, and then once the baby healed him, he's like, I, I, I can't, I can't let that happen. And you know, also if you saw this before the Rise of Skywalker, you kind of knew. Ray was going to heal that, you know, snake thing. You're like, oh, there's force. If I, I, I think it softened the blow for that because no one's ever seen it before. So it was interesting that they made sure that that was on before the movie. Yep. You know, but you know what? So clearly. I'm going to throw this question out there, and it, it's one of the issues I have with the Rise of Skywalker, and mm-hmm. uh, is that not necessarily the Rise of Skywalker, but you know, every movie has its own rules, and every you know universe has its own rules. Yeah, if healing was part of the Jedi powers, why didn't Luke heal Vader on the ramp to the shuttle in Return of the Jedi? I I I don't think they knew it at the time. I think it's something that's been learned. You know, maybe Luke learned it through the books. Who knows? You know, there's no there's no answer for that. You're right. I mean, there's I can you know I can go through Superman comic books and there's different things that he gets as he gets later on. You know, he didn't have every power. In the first Superman, oh, yeah. comic when book the very first Superman comic, he couldn't even fly yet. That right, whole so. line about you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound—that's because initially Superman just jumped fire; he didn't fly. Right. So you know, that's how it goes. New things are added, and that's fine. Um, but back to this, I think it was a really—I mean, when you see um. Uh, Moff Gideon come in at the end there. Yes, and that 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 Tie Fighter that landed. No one's ever seen him land that way, which is it. it kind of sucks for Rise of Skywalker because they showed a Tie Fighter next to a um, an X wing, uh, an X wing, an Exegol there, and the Tie Fighter didn't land like it did on the Mandalorian. That I was, like, was oh, another you guys. issue. I had. Another <laughs> issue. You should have really. Now could be a different model. I mean, that stuff happens all the time. The X wings have changed a little bit. I mean, Tie Fighters. Maybe he was just a cheaper model. Who knows? But everybody that I've talked to just loved the way that that Tie Fighter came in and landed, and you know. Well, when you go to think about got, it, we've never seen a Tie Fighter land. Like right? even when they're on the ships, you see them suspended or from like these launch, you know, harnesses, right? And right. you know, when I played with them as a kid, and I had my Tie Fighter. I would just do that. land on the wings, right? Yep. Yeah, that's what I else you can that's do. that's how it did. Yeah, that's all you can do. But then seeing it come um, in and its wings collapse, and I was like, oh, 
here I am, 46 years old, going, so that's how they land. It was exactly. awesome. I really yeah. wish they would have put that into The Rise of Skywalker, because it would have been... I would have, I get it. The Rise of Skywalker probably, you know, started their SFX work a year ago. Right. So, and I realize that TV, you know, they got to move a little faster. So, and I realize they're not, they're probably not using ILM. I mean, let's, right. let's, let's, let's. No, they probably are a little bit. I'm sure well, they're maybe, going back but, and forth. Yeah. You know, TV special effects are way better than they used to be, right? Way better. They unless you watch Star Trek. Things. Well, <laughs> uh, it's kind of an inside joke, folks, because, uh. Yeah, we'll get into it later, or maybe not. But Joe, just no, no, not today. Ne- next podcast. Yeah, All right. So I got anyway. two more episodes left. Okay, sorry, he's almost done. But anyway, all that. To oh, say- I'm done. I just have two episodes left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: Joe may not like Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> but that's yeah, it's fine. But it's, it's little things like that that had they shown yeah. it in the Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if that would have saved the film for me, but at least I would have said, there, someone is talking. These two hands, yeah. the right hand and the left hand are talking, and they're 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 keeping that continuity, and that is fantastic. There, it was just a missed opportunity. It's not the end of the world. It's like no. you said, there are different TIE fighters and all that, but if they, if they had just done it, though, it would have been that much better, I think. I agree. Totally agree. Listen, the, the, the Mandalorian has captured the hearts and minds of star Wars fans, because it's something, you know, and good on Disney for giving it a shot. Good on Disney for, I'm going to thank Disney for, for doing this because I don't think Lucas ever could have gotten it done. I just don't not with all his own money. Like it took, it took the might of Disney money to bring these things to the table. Um, you got to remember everything Lucas did was an independent film. He fronted the money for all of it. So, I mean, from Empire on, Star Wars, he got it from the studio, and he never wanted to let that happen again. So, you know, it would, it would have been a huge taking in his to do what what's being done now. And The Mandalorian has kind of cleared the way for what could be in Star Wars. And this is this is a really good part of, of ending 2019 and probably one of the biggest Star Wars years in the history of Star Wars. And good, bad, or indifferent... Disney now has a clean slate. You know, we didn't, not everybody loved the last, the sequel trilogy. I would argue it's a bit better than the prequel trilogy, depending on which one and this and that. Um, and now there's a clean slate. We can do a lot of things, you know, and I do hope that Ryan Johnson gets his trilogy. I think the guy tells great stories. If he got his own without the baggage of a Skywalker and what we all, and everybody's anticipation and what everybody wants to be, you know, if they still give him his three, I'm sure it'll be a great story. I, I really do. Um, oh, so I, I grant you, the guy has original thoughts. I've seen some of his other films, and I've enjoyed them. He he brings a new facet to the sci-fi he touches. So I agree with you that given his own sandbox within Star Wars, I think he'd give us something awesome. Now, one thing I don't think he's doing a trilogy anymore. It was announced. That he was doing a trilogy, yeah. just like it was announced, the guys from um, Game yeah. of Thrones are doing a trilogy. But Kathleen Kennedy's been pretty clear on latest press stuff that they think they're doing no more trilogies. Right. Now, I right. did see a, a, a site post that uh, Star Wars that they're going to continue with definitely Ray. It's possible, and right? Possibly some of the other characters when Star Wars kicks back up in three years. Yeah. Now. This so early on, I don't know if anyone can actually make that statement yet, but some geek sites are claiming that. Who knows? But I don't, I think it's just it. I think, I think the trilogy idea is done. And I think. As it should be. As it should be. And I think we can thank the MCU for that. I think they're just going to have now a Star Wars universe and stuff's going to relate. And, you know, maybe one movie happens and then it has a sequel and then another movie happens, and then another. And before you know it, it's kind of like the MCU, and you find out that they're all interconnected in some right. way, shape, or form. But there's no real end, right? Right. It kind well, of really is part of the pressure, too, because you don't have to stick the landing on a trilogy. You can just keep telling right. your story and have highlight, you know, big, you know, big event movies like Endgame mm-hmm. and, you know, Infinity War. I know I keep bringing up the MCU, but I think they just found the 
the current roadmap for how franchises should move. Right. Well, to bring this back to the, to the last two chapters before we, we move on, we're already sidetracked a little bit. But um, this first episode, we lost a, a very important person. And that, you know, Moff Gideon comes in and kills the client. But just fires in there. Didn't care. You know? Yeah. And then and, I liked how in the next episode, they're like, when they, when they had the uh, scout troopers talking, like, you know how it is. New guy comes in. He's got to show, you know, yeah. <laughs> swing his weight around. <laughs> yeah. Something along um, those lines, but, yeah. Yeah, but it was, uh, that was a cool, I mean, I mean that, that was a great last scene for um, uh, Werner Herzog to uh, finish yes. out his, you know, his run on the show. I, I, I believe he's dead. He got shot, right? I mean, I saw him get shot and burned from him, but I'm not. They didn't yeah, really I, show think, I think I think he's done. I think yeah, he's gone. No word on the yeah. the doctor with the glasses. Yeah, we haven't seen him. We, I wanted to learn more about him. We um, might. We he definitely didn't show up there, so he might be gone. But at the end of the reckoning, chapter seven, you see, you know, the two scout bikers go out, and uh, as Quill goes back to the to the ship, and you know, the last scene is the um, is Quill down. And the biker scout picking up Baby Yoda, and uh, man, I, that had me. I, you know, I saw that. Then I knew had and we had Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, I have a whole week of waiting to find out if if Quill is alive or not. And it turns out, as we get into Chapter Eight, he's not. Yeah, I was and I was really, that. really super bummed. But you know what? You kind of have to do something like that nowadays. Um, there's a price to pay for all this stuff, right? And He's a heavy price, and I think it's gonna, you know, weigh heavy on uh, the Mandalorian going forward. But it, at least bring some, you know, levity and some realness of this world that you know you can die. You know, for for all the things in Rise of Skywalker, you know, the the back and forth of who dies and who doesn't die is kind of bothered me the most. You know, um, there actually was no really reason to have Ray die. You know. Ray. To have Ben coming. Oh, well, yeah. she died. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. anyways, right. but anyway, I think what happens here, you really feel some weight. And when, you know, when they find out that Quill is gone, it's because IG 11 came back, which was such a great scene in the redemption where he comes basically riding on his horse through town in this Western and just burning through everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was fantastic because. You know, IG-11 IG was badass when we yep. saw him in episode yep. one. Yep. And then, I, you know, when he turned him into an, a nanny bot or a nurse bot, I was like, all right, he really kind of, you know, pulled his teeth there. But when his, you know, prime directive is to make sure the baby's safe, he just turned it back on. And he, when he's in action, he's awesome. The way he twists and right. turns and his arms and stuff, it was, it's fun to watch. It makes me feel like a kid again. Absolutely. But those two bikers, you know, that came in, they were waiting there. And it was kind of funny because, you you know, they were flying in, but then they were told to stop at a certain point, right? Wait their checkpoint. And I think that's what uh, Moff Gideon wanted them to do was wait so he could just blow up the whole thing. And, you know, as they're waiting, we have like the worst person on the planet now, right? And that's uh, Jason Sudeikis as the biker scout who's punching <laughs> the back. <laughs> Which is funny because, you know, he's not really punching a baby, right? It's. <laughs> don't get me wrong. No, but it, it's wrong. You don't you don't punch babies, but he wasn't really doing that. <laughs> but he was. But because everybody who when, when you're watching that, you you don't tell me everybody wasn't pissed. Like, oh, I want to fucking beat the shit out of that dude. Oh, I like, would. Like, Shut up. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was terrible. Terrible. It was fun though. That that exchange though between the stormtroopers. Was probably yeah. one of the funniest and most entertaining scenes we've seen in Star Wars, maybe ever. Yeah, it was. Well, it was, it was like, like you know, it was one of their you know, these people still. Live, it, it makes it feel like there's real people in the universe there. Like these things, you know, it's a job. It's a job these guys have. It's kind of like oh, I got nothing to do, so I'm going to be a stormtrooper, and I guess this is what I got to do. <laughs> right, you know? and someone's still paying their bills. So, absolutely. Absolutely. But this was a heavy episode, man. I mean, what was cool was like they showed like, oh, we can go through the, the um, I like how they wrote this and that when they're trying to get out of the spot that they're in, 
after IG-11 comes in with the baby and kind of gets them back hold up because, you know, you thought they're going to get out. They, they did a, uh, a double take with the giant gun again where it got him out of the situation one time with the Mandalorian, but then this time it did not. Right, you know? right, right. Um, so that was that was an interesting way of writing it with Moff Gideon just blowing that one thing up and basically would have killed, um, you know, the Mandalorian. But You mean didn't? When they were trying Jared? to, yeah, that's what I was going to get to, but as they were... Um, trying to get out and they said oh we can get through the sewer right and she seems like oh great we just knock the sewer great and get out like that's gonna be easy no it wasn't right like that was really good like it was a typical way of getting out of situations but it didn't work and it wasn't that easy well and also it wasn't until they they kind of subverted what we saw in star wars or a new hope sorry i'll always call it star wars you know right when they went through the trash chute you know luke luke or han i can't remember who just blows the trash chute and they jump in it Yep. This time, I mean, here's Kira Dune with her giant automatic blaster. Can't cut through it. And it's like, it's just not that easy. Right. And I, I like how they made it not that easy. And, you know, they're in, they're in waiting for IG-11 and you got this fire trooper, this cool little fire trooper, storm trooper. Oh, the outfit. incinerator <laughs> trooper, apparently. That's yeah. from, uh, that's, that's from uh, the old video game from like 10 years ago. Oh, is it? I see. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there you go. So they just these guys just know what they're doing. Um but having Baby Yoda stop the fire, I mean again, save him one last time. Yep. And, and I, I like um, that they've stayed consistent with the fact that he is an infant still. So an expenditure yep. of the force like that just knocks him out every time. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get to how he got his name, they all go down the thing and, and he's hurt really, really bad. And IG eleven sits back. And we got to see his face. With, they found a way. Without breaking the rules, yep. Without breaking the rules. And um, it was important, I think. I think it was cool. And now you know what he looks like. They don't have to show it again, right? Like, they can actually keep it like that for a very long time. But Yeah, I, I have no doubt we will see it again. But you're yeah. right. It humanizes the character a bit now that you see it's not just some metal face every episode. Yeah. It was just enough for us to go, all right, we see the pain, we get it. This is a person. Right. And they get down to the sewer system trying to get to um, the old Mandalorian home. And you get to learn his name, um, Din Djarin. We saw a little more of his past, which was really revealing. Obviously, it was. I was completely wrong. I was hoping it was going to be a, a Jedi. That saved him from that uh, the uh, attack droids. And... Nope, it was a bunch of Mandalorians, and that was cool. Super, super cool. Was it the? Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Was it the black, black squad or something? Was that what they were called? Isn't that what we've seen before in Clone Wars? I believe it was. I'm Death, not sure it's Black Death, Squadron, Death Squad, or uh, whatever. I can't remember the name. Um, I'd have to double check. I'd have to double check. Uh, what the actual I thought maybe they were part of um, uh, the Vizsla clan maybe but so. I can't remember I, all I know is that it looked like the Mandalorians we saw in the flashback all had the same exact armor on right whereas obviously when we saw when they came out of the uh, covert in the uh, earlier episode obviously they all have their own unique armors that you know are very uh you know, with their own personality, but it looked like the the Mandalorians we saw in the flashback were all wearing the same uniform. I could be wrong, but that, right. that's no. I, I think I, I think you're right. Oh, it's very awesome. right, But we we did learn a lot about you know uh, Moff Gideon and his role. And my guy, Giancarlo, is great. He's just cold as a cucumber, right? Like, yes, he no, is. yes, he is. We just walk. No rule doesn't freak out um, until he's almost. Until he crashes, he did scream. He's there, the but. Samuel L. Jackson of TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. That is a good call. Um, but uh, I'm trying to find, um, as I'm talking, I'm looking up to see if they if we knew, if they knew who that group was. Um, I can't Black find Black Order or something. Anyway. Um, one thing I did like and also didn't like. So they go back into the covert. And they're hiding from the, the the imps, as they called them. Yeah. And the the woman at the forge gives mm-hmm. them a jetpack. Badass. I thought that was sweet. 
but she well, he, he earned his he earned his final stripes right he got his he got his um uh signet and everything yeah and that's all awesome but she kind of makes this big deal about saying you know this jetpack you're not ready for it it won't listen to your commands until you are but then like three minutes later he's using it <laughs> He wasn't very good at it, though. No, but I was like, "What happened? Where, where is that? All I won't listen to you until you're ready." Yeah. Uh, well, he had no choice but to be ready. But it was sad seeing all that armor. That means people died, and you know, it goes back to even what Moff Gideon says about you know the siege and the fights and the siege of Land and Mandalore and 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 the purge. So there's two two different things of that what Mandalorians went through. So we learned a little bit about the siege of Mandalore when they talked about the force and even bring up the word force, but the other, the Mando leader, she, she did know called Jedi, the sorcerers called Jedi. Yes. And they fought at one and they fought at one point. That's, that's big time lore from clone wars and prior. So we're going to, they're, they're going to tap into that again, I'm sure. And, that's just it's it's cool so you know just interesting interesting if you if you follow the lore it's they really have found ways to weave it in which i appreciate and, they've a lot of little if you've been a star wars fan for the last five ten years they're dropping little hints here just little things that yeah. you know as that reward you for watching and paying attention that long absolutely and one of the biggest ones is when you know obviously he shoots um mandalore mandalorian goes up and gets you know gets gideon in his tie fighter and it goes down and kind of destructs destroys it and you know at the end you know mando takes off but you see moff gideon cuts himself out of the tie fighter with the dark saber and i just about shit myself when i saw that oh oh yeah i squealed Um, i literally squealed yeah and she was like, "What do you? What's the matter with you?" I'm like, "You don't understand. That's 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 the dark saber." And I had explained to her a bit what it was and what it means and why he has it means he's done a lot of damage to the Mandalorian crew because the last time we saw that was in Rebels. I don't. You haven't watched Rebels, but uh, Sabine finds the black, uh, the dark saber and brings it back because one who has a dark saber can rule Mandalore and uh, almost Excalibur like because it was created by uh, the first Mandalorian Jedi. And as far as I think that's what it was. And um, so it's a big, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially to see it in, in at the end there. It was crazy good. That was awesome. That You couldn't have ended the, the episode or the season better than that. Cause it's, it's enough to goose you and get you excited and, and make you want to come back for more. Oh, heck yeah. And now he's got, you know, um, Din Djarin has baby Yoda and he was told find, find where he comes from or, or, you know, and get him back to where he belongs. Right. Um, that's his, that's his responsibility. He's almost the father now in a way. And, and he is the father, according to the woman at the forge, he's the exactly. father now because he's a foundling. Yep. And now he's got to find his people and what he can do. So this could lead to a lot of different things, right? The, I mean, you're the time between, you know, um, return of the Jedi and, uh, force awakens, you could literally have Luke Skywalker in here. Like if he's going to go searching for the Jedi, if he only know the only thing he knows to search first is Jedi because he has no species. Right. The only word he knows is Jedi. So what do you do? Does Luke have a Jedi temple that he restarted since it's six? You know, who knows? Right. He did. What so if they, it's possible. What if, well, you know what? what if Sebastian Stan was came in and played a younger Luke? Holy shit. He totally could. Right. Because he looks like young Luke. Or he looked right. like a Mark Hamill 30 years ago. Because right. that kind of ties in, too. Uh, I hear that uh, with the Obi-Wan, that there there is a rumor, not substantiated yep. yet, that they're looking to cast a younger Luke. Now, it would be much younger, yeah. like we're talking. Yeah. You know, Anakin age. Uh, well, not, yeah, exactly around that. Well, maybe not even that young. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, I didn't even think Sebastian Stan could make himself a buttload of money right now. <laughs> you know it would be interesting if they did it i mean it doesn't have to be for 50 episodes it could be for three you know who knows but who, who, the heck who else knows? who could pull it off better than sebastian stan All right he would be perfect no one would argue it but the season ended great i mean super fun so happy it's out i'm so sad that there's nothing for a while <laughs> you know it's kind of like they just shot everything out at the end of this year and uh 
man, that's going to be Star Wars dark for a while for me, except for February when uh, Clone Wars comes back out. But it's not the same. It's good, but it's yeah, not the yeah, same. I mean, I, I hear you. The cartoons are fun, but it's not the live action. And live action is just always so much more fun for me. Exactly. So overall, I can't even, I, I don't, I have like zero complaints of The Mandalorian. Like, honestly, zero, because I had no expectations. I mean, I, I want it to be good, but I didn't, it, it, there's nothing to hold it up against. Um, and I just think they did a great job. They did a, you can tell the budgets aren't the same as a film, no. but they found a way. And you know what? And and his ship grows on me every time I see it. I'm like, I love that ship now. Like, every time I see it, I love that ship. Yes. Um, it gets better and better each time. And so it's it's building its own vocabulary in the Star Wars universe, and I love that. I can't say I don't have complaints because you know me. I always have complaints. Yeah. But that said, you know, the season was only ep- eight episodes long. For me, six, seven, and eight were boom, boom, boom. Good, better, best. Yep. You know, that's that's over a third of the season right there. That's not, t- you know, the first episode was a lot of fun. We also had, you know, the, the Big Mac episode, as I called it, somewhere around there, three or four. It was overall, I thought the season got better as it got out, as it went along. So I also I also believe this is a test season. I do like eight episodes. They may come back and do fifteen. Maybe they'll be longer next time. They'll have more money. I think it was really a test. Well, it was it was definitely it was a, test. a test. They passed, and I I would like to see more than eight, as long as it's not filler episodes. I'm really curious as to where they're going to go. Obviously, searching for Yoda's parents, we'll probably see Jedi. I expect to see Jedi, and I'd like to well, see. Well, there can't be many. If there's only Greece. Luke. Well, it's there. You know, there's a there's still some secret ones out there that live through Order sixty six. I mean, they could bring Kane. They could bring um, Ezra into this. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Or Ahsoka. I would love to see Sabine, for sure. Yeah, so. Ahsoka, for sure. Yeah, there there could be a lot of tie-ins down in the future. So super happy. Um, I will probably sit one day and watch and binge watch them all together to see you know the continuity of them all would be fun because we didn't get a chance to do that so that'll be a fun little uh sunday morning or something when nothing's going on um and i will do it that will happen when you have six hours all before. right yeah like you know whatever <laughs> so so there we go that's kind of the wrap up i mean it's not uber critical because i'm just not that critical of this i'm i'm very happy with the series i, I love everything they've done there's some smaller things that you know we'll see as they work it out, but they did a great job, and and, and kudos to John Favreau, Dave Filoni, um, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, Filoni, and I can never get to say his name right, Rick Fumayu Fumayua. Yeah, I'm not even gonna try. And and the last episode was uh, Taika Waititi, which was directed very very well. So they found the right which, people. They did all. You know, great Taika. Job. I just want to say he he has such a knack for comedy and action yeah and heart yeah i mean yeah i won't go super into it but obviously thor ragnarok was fantastic mm-hmm. in my opinion so he, he he's doing well i i've i've yet to see something he has now that i don't like well it hurt when ig11 killed himself which is a great callback to the first to the second chapter right oh, yeah i'm gonna self-destruct no i mean that stuff was all there and they brought it back in, the, in a cool way. They finished the storyline, and you're right. That is a callback because in the you yeah. know in that episode when you know he first I'm gonna self destruct. It was it became very comical yeah. how many times he said he was gonna do it, and then he turns right. it on its head and makes it very powerful. Yeah, and emotional. It's huge. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well done, well done, Tiger. Well done, everyone. Like Joe said, this. And I think you know we go we we you and I were texting a little bit earlier today, and. You got to credit John Favreau because he actually set the Marvel MCU tone. I mean, if you watch Iron Man, it pretty much all of Marvel is set on what Iron Man was. It was um, fun, serious, but then funny jokes here and there. Like he just finds the right balance of drama and fun and and, and an adventure, and um, that's what this was. And he set, agree. he's the perfect. He he just sets the tone right, and Favreau's got talent for that. And uh, I'm I'm glad he he decided to do this. And you know, I hope he continues. I hope he gets a chance to do other things. Um, we'll see, or at least you know, tutors people to get them to do the same kind of things. Because 
it's pretty tough when you lose somebody, if you lose somebody of that caliber that loves something, what they're doing and brings it to you in a way that is presented in a, in a, in a fun and smart way. So I couldn't agree more. Good jobs. So that being said, we are 40 minutes in. We promised you our top five each of our, I guess, Michael, you call it what geek moments. What are you calling this stuff? Yeah. Well, I don't, want, I don't want to focus on just movies. I don't want to focus just on TV. I think I thought the list would get too long. So this is kind of all encompassing all geek things, whether it's a, a you know a TV show, a geek movie, comics, book. Okay. I don't care what whatever it was. Okay. Geeky. What are your top five from this past year? We'll start with number right. five. We'll start with the low. It doesn't mean it's bad. Just of your top five things, what do you put at right. number five? What did I put? You want me to start? You can, uh, I'll start. You start. I don't care who wants to start. I'll start. So my uh, number five for me was the Joker movie, huh. and yeah, for for many reasons it was um, it was a, a tipping point for uh, DC to come out there and create something totally different than what MCU is doing. I think they did a, a, a great job at that. It, it sparked debate, it sparked conversation, certainly sparked listenership for us. So I'm thanking it for that. It's our it's by far the most listened to podcast that we've had. Which like, is funny without a doubt. Star Wars has gotten a lot of hype and still our yeah. most listened to episode is the yeah. Joker episode. Yeah. Uh well it keeps people keep listening to it. So you know I don't know if it's uh people are watching get the Blu rays coming out now and maybe they went back to it. But um maybe we need to rewatch <laughs> oh, I, I, I rewatch it. I'll rewatch it, it but, so that way we can. We're gonna goose our numbers. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. No, no. I'm kidding. Uh, but at the end of the day, I thought it was an interesting part, and it's later on in the year. Um, it's a movie that sticks with people, and it was something that I thought DC took a chance on, regardless of what our review was and, and what you think. I thought it was uh, one of those moments this year that that kind of stood out for. For the, it's almost a, like the legitimization of adult comic. Yeah, I even though even though even though Deadpool did that, and Logan still by far is, to me is one of the best movies ever in in the comic book oh, genre. Hundred percent agree. And you know, I don't have to go through my review again. We've already covered this. You like Joker much more than I did. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was bold. I'm I'm glad they went for it, and I'm glad they made a bunch of money. Just for me, it it echoed too many. It for, for me, it went from uh, homage to straight out caricature of mm-hmm. the films from which it borrowed. So I, I don't disagree with you throwing it in your top five. And I guess you're a top five. You can do whatever you want, obviously. But I yeah. can see why you put it in the top five. But I also know why I did not. Um, spoiler alert, it's not in my top five. I don't even mention it. Right. Right. I didn't think you would. Just, so there you go. That's that's my first one. My first number my number five coming in for me, and you're going to groan because I put Star Trek Discovery. I'm not going to groan. I, I can see why you put that in there. I think it's a bold step for CBS to, you know, try to pin their whole streaming service on that. You know, it's bold. I think it's stupid. They should just let you watch it. I think it's dumb to make people pay for that. I think they're hurting themselves in the long run. Um, but I get it. I, the series, se- season one was good, but uh, go ahead. I'm talking over no, your fine, own. You're fine. Cause you're not saying there. anything that I necessarily disagree with. And I'm, I'm going to flat out say it. And I think I've mentioned this previously that I did not want to watch because first of all, I said, I'm not paying for another streaming service. It's just not happening. No, but also, right. I could never. I never got into Star Trek Enterprise. I didn't like the prequel idea because for me it kind of, which is funny because the Mandalorian is obviously kind of a, a prequel and sequel. But he's, yeah, it's a, just but a, story but he's a new character. Yeah. Whereas most prequels, I don't like. Not. I'm not saying I hate all prequels, but I didn't like the fact that I'm like. Oh, I like the advanced nature of Star Trek, and that's why I liked, you know, the movies with the original cast, and then I liked Next Generation because they took it to the next level of you know, what's the future. And then every subsequent show did that. And then they jumped back with enterprise as like, no, I'm just not into it. Cause what I want to, why would I, why would I want to see a spaceship that can't do what they were doing in the other shows? You know, right. there's no pushing the envelope. And I thought, Oh, so they're going to go even, they're going to go 10 years before the original series. I didn't want to like discovery. And then 
I, the, I, there were some stumbles in the first season. I, I, I'll give you that. But for me, I felt that the series really hit its stride in the second season. And I know you're still watching it. And I know, I know you don't agree necessarily. But as a lifelong Trekkie or Trekker, however you want to call it, I didn't. I wanted. I expected not to like it. I ended up loving it. So, for me, it's number five. I just think that. I mean, it's good, but man, it just it gets so wrapped up in itself. It, it's. I guess it's what people find the biggest problem with Star Trek is is it's heady and it's fine, but it's almost heady to, to be heady, like. It's smart, but it's really not that smart. I can see like that you're doing the same tropes. You're doing the same tropes. Okay, it's it's artificial intelligence. It's Terminator did this in 1984. You know, like okay, get it. Like the Borg was a better take on it. So you're not you're not changing. You know the of what I'm thinking and and the drama between everybody. Just it's it's almost a, it's it turned into like what the CW is doing with DC. It's so formulaic. I can figure out the episode in the first five minutes what you're gonna do. And it's the same pattern all the way through. Like, oh, why didn't you tell me the truth? You should have told me the truth. And it's the same shit every episode. That's the problem. Did you, did you find out and who the Red I, Angel is yet? Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't um, see that That's coming. cool. I'm fine. No, that was fine. That was a good part of it, right? I'm talking like between her, you know, her and her brother not telling, her and Spock not telling each other the truth. Or then her and... um I forget their names because I, I, I should be fine. better at it. But, but you um, know, I will throw this in there. The guy who's the Klingon. The guy who's the Klingon yeah, thing. I know what you're talking about. He's like the, you know, it's like, oh, Tyler. I love her. And it just became Tyler. And it just became like, well, I should have told you. And it's, it's almost like Bad Three's company. It's like, yeah, just talk to each other, you know, and, and get past it. And then the other thing I've always disliked about Star Trek is you've got to explain everything, which is a big problem of the beginning of the rise of Skywalker that anybody can argue for sure. There's a lot of exposition, but that's like 80% of Star Trek dialogue. Well, if we take the dark matter and we do this, we pull it when we do it. Okay. Now. Okay. Great. I, I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's like a MacGyver episode at the beginning. And then again, like, Oh, we've got all these things. Let's figure it out. We'll tell everybody how we're going to do the end. And then we'll do the end. I'm not going to argue that you're right. There are sometimes they got a, there's a thin line between the techno babble and going too far. But like I said, for me, I don't know. I just, it just hit on a lot of what I wanted from Star Trek. And I see that it's become like a nice amalgamation between some of the headier things I liked from the next generation in those series. But also let's face it. It's got a bit of the lens flare and the, you know, cool, you know, looks like the ship was built in an Apple store yep. type thing going on. So, yeah. but now that said, you haven't seen all of the season. So I'll just say that two, two episodes left where it ends. It has me really excited for season three. Cause right. I think we're going to see some, I, I don't, four. I don't hate it. I just hope Picard's better. Well, we'll find out. I'm, I, I love Picard. So I, I'll probably like it more yeah, just because of Picard. But I don't hate this And I like Captain Pike. Captain Pike's a great character in this one. There's some really good characters, no doubt. But there's just some stuff I just can't get past. Like, and that's fine. The, the same Star Trek tropes of like the bridge. and all. It's just formulaic. <laughs> They've got to find a way to break the formula and it'll be good. Which is hard. Maybe they need to call it's up Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Make him a showrunner. <laughs> be great. Okay. Number four, go. Um, so... Uh, my number four. So this is a, a year of endings. So you're going to find a very um, thematic things to my choices. And this was a, a Game of Thrones was a big deal for me. I watched it since day one. Makes sense, yeah. When it first came yeah. on, and and I knew nothing really about it. And I watched the first two weeks of Game of Thrones, and I read all the books, like between seasons, between season one and season two, I read them all. And man, did I I really get into that? And that was to me that was um, must see Sundays. Like I we did everything to, we could to not miss a new episode of game of thrones and recording or whatever we had to do and super sad to see it go away it was time it was time because i think the writers got weak towards the end of the season it wasn't the best last you know last season but again they didn't have source material and they kind of winged it and you can tell when they didn't have source material they didn't know what to do which is why i'm kind of glad that benioff and weiss is not doing a star wars thing i think they'd actually screw it oh, up oh yeah no um, unless, they, unless they use some kind of source material and um, I didn't mind the ending. Like I didn't mind who became king. That that was actually probably you know 
uh, a cool thing. I didn't mind that idea at all. I think just the execution was was not perfect. But I did. I'm sad to see it go. I love the series. Um, it didn't maybe end the way people wanted it to, and I was fine with the ending. I didn't didn't bother me. Just it, other than being rushed, and um, I know they didn't want Daenerys to turn evil, but uh, I think that's kind of the human condition. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, yeah. and uh, and I had no problem with that. And and they were showing that early on, and. Um, just a great show. Thank you, HBO, for spending the money. That was not a cheap thing. And, you know, TV's gotten much better because of Game, Game of Thrones changed television for a long time, much, much like, you know, um, other shows that have come along that people spent money on. Um, it, it just it just changed everything, I think, um, which is why I'm watching The Witcher now on Netflix. So, As you know, I have not um, watched the Game of Thrones. Yeah. I am a Game of Thrones virgin so i really can't speak to that but it makes sense that it's on your list a lot of people are obviously into it um my number four i'm not gonna spend a lot of time on because we just spent the last 40 minutes talking about it so for me number four this year was the mandalorian and of course i just want to know of course baby yona i mean two of the best things yeah that's it's on my list that is that is on my list and i won't say that's fine but yeah, like I, that's pretty much all I got to say. It's, we already know it's fantastic. We just talked about it for forty minutes. We've been talking about it every episode. Yeah. So, Mandalorian's great. Yeah. Um, number four for me. All right, uh, my number three is again another end to a series is the Rise of Skywalker. I'm really surprised you put it this um, low. I think those are the things that became that are better, not better, but yeah, oh, yeah I'd say better. better in terms of final. But um, but it's up there. I mean, top three. I mean, and you'll see my other two and probably understand why. Uh, obviously, Rise of Skywalker was huge for me. It was uh, after and, and Michael. I mean, we both grew up with this stuff, and it was just it was a big deal. I'm I'm probably going to see it one more time before it leaves the theater, um, at least if I can. Um, and we've talked about it obviously over the last two episodes over the last two episodes, and uh, not a ton of much to say here other than. I think it's nice that it's over. I think it's good that Disney kind of cleared the, the, the palette now and, and things can go forward. Um, I don't honestly believe anybody could have made anything that all the fans would love, both sides and the critics. I think there's so much baggage to the to this trilogy that happened. Yeah, but you see um, that. It's a shame you see that, that it's a shame. It's, I was like, it's a shame. Let me finish. It's a shame that the way it was brought to life couldn't have been more cohesive or thought out from the get go. It's a shame they they didn't, you know, I understand that people have, when a a producer like Kathleen Kennedy lets directors do what they need to do, but you know what, this is not, you know, they should have, I guess they weren't, they should have looked at the MCU a little more and how they crafted something. And, and, and I know that Bob Iger and at all wanted to rush these things out because they spent $4 billion and they needed, they needed to recoup that money quickly. And that's what they did. I mean, they are share, they're part of shareholders. It's, it's a business. We've talked about it. Um, but you know, Disney also share, you know, also owns Marvel and they let that do what it needs to do. And it's still a business, no different. And I, I think it's just the biggest problem was rushing it through it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I still loved the movie. I loved how it made me feel. I loved, the, you know, what it did. And despite some problems, um, it's it's definitely a top three for me. All I was going to say was you say that you don't think anyone could have ended it and made everyone happy yet. Yet here we have The Mandalorian, which is universal appeal. But hear me out. I say that based on the last two movies. Not based on starting over. Like you can't start over, which is what we said in our in our review. So, given what was out there and what was already done, I think the ending was great. Would I? Would I do I want the whole sequel trilogy to be that? No, I would probably write something completely different. It probably would suck just as bad, you know. No matter what I what I would want, I'm just saying that. Um, I'm just saying that I, you know, for what it was and where it ended up, I, I loved where it came, and I just wish that. They would have thought it through, you you know, from the get go a little a little differently instead of just piecing it together, which I I, I do think it was pieced together. Um, I agree. It's the Frankenstein yeah. of the Star Wars films, the whole trilogy, this whole new trilogy. I just 
the, yeah, the trilogy, not just right. this film. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. What was your three? What was your number, number three? three for me? Was Avengers Endgame. It just uh, okay. Well, that's that dovetails into mine because mine was number two. Okay. So go ahead. Well, just that we, you know. Speaking of endings, I mean, we know the MCU is yeah. going to keep going. I mean, we have Black Widow coming out here. We've got you know the Eternals coming out this year. We you know we've got so much. I mean, that's just some of the movies we've got. You know, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon coming out. We've got Wandavision. Mm-hmm. MCU is not going anywhere. But this was it was the end. Yes, it was phase, what, three, four? I don't remember whatever phase we're on now. Phase three. I think it was four. Three, four? All I know is... It was four. All I know is it's done. We, we've we've reached an end of a chapter. The MCU is going to go on, but it's, it's another story with some people we know. But, you know, it was a nice way to end this section. I mean, we had the wonderful... I mean, not wonderful, but, you know... Tony Stark got his hero's end, which is nice because, you know, when Kim and Captain America first were in the Avengers, he's like, you're not the guy that can make the hard choice. And then Tony makes the ultimate hard choice. So everything ties in great. Captain America gets his happy ending. Unfortunately, we lost Black Widow, but, you know. Price has to be paid, right? Exactly. You know, the, you know, you got to pay your pound of flesh and that yeah. was it. So. Loved it. I, if I'm being 100% honest, I liked Infinity War more. So if we had been doing this list, if we this podcast was around last winter, I probably would have had Infinity War at number one. Yeah, it's, one it's one movie. But They shot yes. it at the same time. So it's one movie. That's how I look at it. <laughs> okay. It is. It's one movie. It's like the Lord of the Rings series. I know you didn't watch it, but they shot it all at once. I watched one of them and then nope. Yeah. Um, I can't argue. I mean, Endgame definitely was, it was my number two. It's it's huge. It was it, it brought together everything that we've seen, like you said, and, and and paid off again. Had those things for people that watched them all and have been there from the beginning. Um, it paid that off in spades. A little bit of fan service, which I'm fine with. I think fan service is fine. That's why we're fans. They you know they're not making it yes. for people that hate the stuff. They're making it for people right. that love the stuff. So. Um, really good. Uh, I've watched it many times, and it's it's it gets you it gets you in the feels right when you need to. And you know, part of it to me too is it just sucks getting older. You know, it's a shame that you know Robert Downey Jr. can't play Iron Man forever. And um, you know, that's how how it goes. I want to see how it goes, but things don't last. And enjoy them when you see them, which is part of the yep. reason why I want to see Rise of Skywalker again at the theater because that's it. There's no more of these at the theater. I'm not going to see any more Luke on screen ever again. That big in a big screen. Never going to see it, I don't think. I'm okay. So, I'm not okay with it. I want to see him catch the lightsaber again and come back. I'm fine. Just for me as a kid, that's that's why I want to see it again. Um So yeah, no arguments with me. That was my number 2. So what's your number 2? The Boys on Amazon Prime. Nice. I, you know, I, I almost threw that in the list, but I figured you would, which is why I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. I read the comic back in the day, you know, for a while. And then, you know, I had, a, you know, I had a good relationship with it. I knew it, but not, I, I, I have to admit, I didn't expect much from Amazon. I know they've had some hits yeah. with like, you know, Transparent and a couple other other shows. I, I didn't think they would do it justice. I've seen a lot of comic book TV shows out there, and as much as I do enjoy the Arrowverse over on the uh, CW, or I should say, did enjoy, did. It, yeah, I'm with you there. It too. became very soap opera, opera, you know, soap opera like. I just kind of, I stopped watching. You know, not saying. I mean, this is only one season of the boys. It could get soap opera like. Who knows? But I'm just saying, from the get go, it was violent and dark, and somehow more realistic. And it just, from that first episode, I'm like, it was late on like a Friday or Saturday night. I'm like, oh yeah, this show came out. I'll watch an episode. Next thing I know, it's three in the morning. I'm like, I need to go to bed. I want to watch them all. So yeah. it grabbed me right from the start. I loved it. The, you know, the characters, are, they're, they're complex. There's a lot going on as to why both the heroes are why they are, the quote unquote heroes, and as well as to why you know, the boys, if you will, are, are how they are. And there's, it's so violent, but it's, 
And sometimes it's violent for the violent sake of violence, but it still has a point because if you can shoot lasers out of your eyes, it's not going to be clean. <laughs> it's just right. not. Right. So the fact that it blew me away so much and because it is so much better than the Arrowverse or basically any other comic, it's the best comic book TV show, period. In my opinion, I had to throw it on there at number two. Yeah, it was very, very good. I'm, I'm super happy with that show. Loved it. You can listen to our review podcast of this, of the, of the um, full season. Uh, definitely pulled some things from um, Watchmen, in my opinion, you know, bringing the grit a little bit there. Um, so I'm going to give an honorary mention to Watchmen on HBO, which was very, very good. Very, very good. Well, before um, you get to your number one, let me throw out. You, I actually wrote down a whole list of honorable mentions. So yeah. that was one of mine, Watchmen, because I haven't seen it yet. Now, listeners out there, Joe and I have full-time day jobs. Yeah, We can't take in every single geek thing there is. No. So I haven't watched Watchmen yet. I plan on it. So I know it came out this year. It didn't make my list just because I haven't seen it. Doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, it is, it is Damon Lindelof. So, but anyway... I for, think you. I think you'll like this. I do. I'm just for me. It's, I'm not going to go into these. I'm just going to rattle them off. For me, yep. some honorable mentions are Stranger Things season three. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel. Yep. Um, Black Mirror. Um, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah. And I'm gonna, even though I just said it, I'm also going to give uh, an honorable mention just to Tom Holland alone, because yeah. apparently. A, a drunken, crying Tom Holland is the reason that the MCU and Spider-Man are, and Sony are working again, you know, working <laughs> together. So shout out to him. And then uh, another honorable mention, more of a personal note, just the Grand Rapids Comic Con was a lot of fun because we attended it this year. So for me, yeah, you know, we had, so I've funny. been there as a geek before, but. That's so funny because the, I'm going to lead to my number one, which was The Mandalorian which we've talked about at nauseum. So right. we don't have to talk too much in that. And and the reason I put that number one is I finally got star Wars and TV that I can look forward to every week and it blew away my expectations. So um, clearly I'm more of a star Wars fan than anything else. So t- to me, it's a natural number one, but then I had an ultimate number one and it was the same thing you just said. And that was actually starting this podcast and being able to go to comic-con and, and work this out with you, Michael, because it's been, Amazing. Even though we argue and that stuff, which is a good argument, it's a fun argument. It's a discourse, I should say. We don't fight. We we have discourse. Um. So that was my ultimate number one, and you know, hopefully we we continue to grow and and build this thing, and people listen, and and you know, I've had such a blast this last year of, of getting this out. It's actually only been like six months, really. So that we've really pushed this thing. Well, we recorded for a while before we published. Yeah, so we did. But we've already hit, FYI, people, we've already hit over 2,000 listens, which, if you remember, it was only like eight, nine, maybe 10 weeks ago tops that we had hit 1,000 listens. So the fact that we've jumped, we've doubled our listens in that time. Big shout out to you, the handful, maybe several dozen of you that listen week after week. We appreciate it. And, you know, we'll say this at the end, but also tell your friends because more listeners is the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been a, it's been a great, great year um, for geek stuff. Totally looking forward to 2020. Um, there's a lot coming on. And I think that's might be our next episode. I, if we can just talk one. about, yeah. Oh, we do have to have your number one. What was your number one? <laughs> I thought, I thought you said Graham, that Comic-Con was your number no, that was, one. Sorry. That was an honorable mention. Gotcha. Sorry. I misunderstood. Just because No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so my number one, I'm going to kind of, it's the one, this one's kind of a curveball because we haven't talked much about this stuff we've talked about movies we've talked about comics we've talked about comic book tv shows tv shows all this stuff um for me the geekiest thing that i'm gonna put at number one this year was the book dark age by pierce brown okay it's a 700 page tome of fantastic epic sci-fi um i'm not gonna go too much into it but this is part of the Red Rising series, which was a trilogy that finished a couple of years ago, a few years ago. I bought the first book because it happened to be a buck ninety nine on Kindle, and I bought it on a whim because it sounded somewhat interesting. And I think I owned it for over a year before I actually read it. Cool. And then I started it one night, and I just devoured it. Uh, I won't, like I said, I don't want to go too into it. Other yeah, than I have no, because I, yeah, I can't comment. I mean, I'm sure it's 
something. The Hulk just is, is basically a, in the future, probably over a thousand years in the future, humans have colonized the entire solar system, but there's now a strict caste system based on color. Gold are basically demigod, demigods, if not gods. And then the lowest caste, the slaves are the reds. And it's all about, from the title, Red Rising, a red re- leading a revolution. And that's what the whole first trilogy is about. Now, the book I'm talking about is the second book in the second trilogy. And even though these books have all been fantastic, this one is by far the best out of the series. Like, the next book, there's going to be one more book coming out in summer 2020. It would have to be absolutely perfect to top this book. And I'm not saying it can't. But so far, like I said, it was 700 pages and I tore through it. The first... 150 pages of this book is a massive battle in an ongoing war that just seriously what book goes 150 straight pages when you finally you get to catch your breath and go Judas Priest that that was all war I mean there's it just it's unrelenting and it just blew me away so I as much as I loved you know Mandalorian and you know the boys and everything else this year for me the the number one was that book because it was the most epic sci-fi I've read in as long as I can think. So Dark Age by Pierce Brown. Cool. Good shout out. Well, there you go. That's each of our top five for 2019. Obviously 2020 looks to be a huge year. A lot of things are going to be happening. Um, There's a lot of stuff on streaming that we're going to have to catch up on as we go. We've got Picard coming out. We've got The Witcher, which I just finished. We can talk about. Um, Lots of things coming up. Uh, I would love to extend another invitation to Alan so we can have one more Rise of Skywalker conversation with us three um, before Star Wars takes a hiatus on films. Um, with that being said, we can't thank you enough for listening and choosing the KyberCast this year and kind of growing with us. And man, it's so thankful to have anybody that listens. We have uh, some things in the future. We still have our interview to do, hopefully, Michael, with the, the cosplay team. Yeah, I've reached out to them. And unfortunately, we just... Couldn't make it happen. I thought weekend. we'd have some time over the holidays, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out that way. But I, I will reach out to them again. Those, those, those. I can't speak. The ladies are wonderful. We're going to make it happen. Uh, looking forward to talking to them as well as other people. Absolutely, and you know, thank everyone for your support. If again, if you want to do us a big favor and just share the podcast with one of your friends, do one post, post something on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And, you know, to, to give them a link to our podcast, that would be super, super helpful to kind of grow our audience and, and help us out there. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Kybercast. And you can basically find us, uh, where can they find us on podcast, Michael? Pretty much anywhere, right? Everyone. Obviously, if you can find us on Apple podcast, that would be the best if you left us a review, because that's where 50% of all podcasts exist. But if you have a favorite podcasting app, just use that. Look for KyberCast. Or on some of them, you have to look for The KyberCast. But look for either of those two. You'll find us. Cool. That is going to end our 2019 season of podcasting. We are looking forward to the future. My name is Joe Becker. I thank you for listening. My good friend, Michael. My name is Michael Diaz. And I also thank you for listening. You guys have a great twenty end of 2019, and we'll see you in 2020. Thank you all. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Shh.